Hotep Jesus. Oh, this is a real hotel, brother. Sonny Johnson, special guest on the Griff Report today. Surprise, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, bitches. Listen, no YouTube today. I, I think I'm off suspension, but YouTube's not off suspension. I'm putting YouTube on suspension. YouTube, you're on fucking timeout, bro. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. YouTube, you're on fucking timeout. I'm fucking done with YouTube. I didn't even want to fire it up. It was like, what's the point? What's the point of even firing up the machine when they're going to fucking put clamps and fucking, you know, weights around your ankle and, and not let you build, you know? The bullshit. So we on Rumble. Shout out to everybody finding me on Rumble. You know what's crazy, Sonny? We was doing like 300 live viewers on YouTube with 84,000 subscribers. We come to Rumble, we ain't even at 3K, and we got 300 live viewers. So doing like 10% compared to YouTube. YouTube is so trash. They don't even give you access to your followers. Well, that's the beauty of where we're at right now. You had an opportunity um, with new spaces opening up to be able to... Um, pick and choose where you want to put your content. And I think that as more AI functions kind of open up and make that a lot easier process, you're going to have a lot more platforms. And, and I'm all for, you know, bringing back the, the marketplace of competition. We need to be fighting in this bitch for dominance. Nobody should be giving shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just... It's really funny when you look at the type of content that they allow and promote on that platform and the stuff. Because, you know, I didn't have some wild guests on the channel and they said some really crazy things. But as soon as I brought Dr. Peter McCullough up there, they're like, oh, no, we got to stop this right now. He didn't talk against the who. All of a sudden, the who is, go is the governing body by which YouTube follows. Yeah, but I, I think now is way, way too late for them to put the cat back in the bag as far as the outcomes from a lot of the vaccine stuff. Uh, a lot of the younger, uh, a lot of the younger kids and stuff, they have multiple different ways of passing information. Because I be looking at my daughter and them, and the way like they're not they're not passing information over TikTok. They have these other little alter alternate apps that they fucking use and they use just within their friend groups and they spend a lot more time on them than any other major uh, social media networks. So I think it's going to be harder for all the powers that be, including the political parties, to be able to reach this generation because they have found so many ways to detach themselves from the system and they are happy in their fucking detachment. So this is what we have wrought as a country by pushing our youth so far away from the center of the process. And now they found ways to exist without it and are, and are basically saying fuck it to the whole system. And I'm not even mad at it, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's about time we start to see uh, the younger generation rebel, right? Because we have like, <laughs> we got this generation that had no rebellion in them. Everything that the state said, they agreed with. Everything that the state pushed, they moved with. Every every command of the state, they obeyed. So I'm I'm really happy to see the generation that was born into social media kind of saying, fuck it all. And then when they come into flowering in their knowledge and their participation, maybe they'll be a little bit more knowledgeable about the process as a whole.
Absolutely. Absolutely. Without further ado, we're going to go into the griff bag. <laughs> we're going straight into the griff bag. Let's just get right to it. Hold on. I'm at Griftyville. <laughs> Hold up. Wait. Is this? I thought I said. That's all right. All right. We'll just go with this one. I guess this is how I had it set up. So we'll just trust how I had it set up. Bing bong. Okay. All right. I got all my screens here. All right. I got all my screens here. All right. So y'all going to see it on the screen, right? No. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's cancel that. Let's cancel that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. All right. Here we go. Bing bong, bing bong. And... and what I didn't see in the stories that you had was us bringing up this topic about the idea of the traditional wife. Like, why, why, why Sonny get brought in that conversation? I like to have a part of that. The traditional wife? Yeah. Oh, because you know, you know why? You know why? That's a I'm a, conversation. Let me, that, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because that was yesterday's conversation. I that's I tweeted something I said yesterday about like I'm like, yo, we got all these trad wife grifters out here, and I ain't seen not a pie, not a kitchen, not an apron, not a nothing. Just a whole lot of tweeting and a whole lot of money and boobs, but I ain't seen no cooking, no cleaning, no laundry being done. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, something something's not adding up. I saw that and I and I and I laughed to myself because I be on here doing Twitter spaces while I'm cooking dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like like while I'm folding clothes and shit. And I think you know what I'm saying. That's the idea of traditional now. Traditional now be you you be participating on voice on voice based shit while you also doing your household chores. So um, yeah, that it, it just made me laugh. It made me laugh. And then of course the generational aspect of it is that, you know, like women my age, we're not taking pictures of food to get clicks on the social media and yeah. shit. We don't, you know what I'm saying? Like we did, I, I've been doing this for what, almost 24 years for my husband. Now I'm supposed to take a picture to prove some shit that I'm like, get the fuck out of but here. But that's like, not your brand though. I got though. a 24 year record on this. I don't need to take pictures to let somebody know it's validated. But that's not your brand though. I was, <laughs> that, you know, your brand is is very, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, political scrutinization. You know, that's your brand, right? Where you really I, I dive can, into I can the details. Off, I can dip off a little because the only thing I would like, because I wanted to make this point about that subject real quick. The only thing I would um, say about that is when you think about traditional, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about like from my family's perspective, right? Mm -hmm. So when you think about the traditional wife, one of the kind of the concepts that you would get from my family line about the traditional wife would be that, that they would overlook um, cheating. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That they would know what he was doing out in the streets and, and, and they wouldn't 
care or they wouldn't cause a beef about it because he was coming home and taking care of business. And if that's one of the aspects that was supposed to come with us with the traditional wife banner, yeah, then we're going to have to create another fucking name for it. We're going to have to be as inventive as the LGBTMYL people are and making sure we get some kind of new acronym for the women who like, we, we still cook and clean and, and, and be submissive but you raise that hand, I'm going to shoot you. Like, you know what I'm mm. saying? You out there cheating. You better go and hope that bitch go let you lay next to her for the foreseeable future. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a couple of those things that used to be kept quiet in relationships, you know what I'm saying, in a traditional sense, those things don't come with us in this new uh, tradition, traditional wife ass aspirations yeah yeah no i don't think i you know i always thought that true love always expressed itself monogamously you know i never you know i thought that everything outside of true love you know was a, a business compromise a life compromise it was a compromise uh, was a grandmother's generation and 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 back it, it wasn't so, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, you know, from at least from my family perspective, we had a whole bunch of men that didn't think monogamy was fit. You know what I'm saying? So like, if you just look at kind of But was they in bit, love though? Yeah, they, they still together. You know, they finished, well not together anymore, they passed. But you know what I'm saying? They would finish each other's sentences. You, you know what I'm saying? They would argue and bicker with each other. But if you fuck with the other one, you know, they would, you know, that nobody else was allowed to, you know, fuck with them. Mm -hmm. So they they were in love, but it was, you know, it was just not talked about or not spoken on, or, you know, it would break, everybody would know about it, then everybody would pretend it didn't happen when they just went on with their life. And they wasn't talking about it. They wasn't posting it on social media. They didn't want everybody to fucking know. You know what I'm saying? They yeah. handled their shit the way they handled it, and then they moved on. And maybe that aspect of handling it in private is one thing, but um, accepting it and, and just moving on, I think that's completely different and unacceptable. Okay. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, my tweet was actually had a very specific audience. You know, it was very like, it's these, it's these little white girls that squat on like trad, feminine, like trad wifeism or whatever it's called. You know, and they and they squat on this. And, I know, and, and I knew, they, I knew, they, I knew I wasn't your target audience, but I figured having a grown ass woman actually comment might actually do a little bit for the subject overall. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I had to vent. Like it, it, when it hit me, I was like, "Wait, these bitches can't cook." <laughs> If you think that that's the biggest problem, because they kept sending me this pearly lady thing, and I was like, I'm not like, I so saw, I was like, you know, you get that feeling in your stomach where you like, if I go look at this bitch, all I'm gonna do is be mad, right? So I was like, I ain't gonna even do it. So I just asked, like, why y'all keep sending her to me? Like, what the hell is my name popping up for? And everybody told me, you know, it wasn't worth a look. And then one of her tweets just happened to pop on my timeline was like, if all the women were removed from the world, I was like, yeah, okay, here we go. So I didn't even read the rest of the fucking tweet, so I don't even know what the fuck she was talking about. So <laughs> I get who you was talking about, seriously. It, I understand. It's just, it, it's just, it's just, 
it's a pandemic out here and I got to make the brothers, you know, aware. And, and also, you know, what I hope to inspire is that's the way they move, you know, with the, with the content, like don't come out here telling bitches what they supposed to do, what they not doing right. Just be the example. Where's your farm at? Where's your goat? Where's your garden? You know what I'm saying? If that, if trad wife I don't is, have no is farm, no goat, no garden, but I do got a husband, 24 years, so we gonna leave it at that. <laughs> we gonna we gonna put the we gonna put the proof in the pudding. What you think about this old fight with uh Elon and um and um is Mark Zuckerberg? If I talk- if I talk about this as good work principle, because my principle over the last couple of, like over the last year is I'm going to stay out of white people business, right? When it's white people or white people, like I'm just going to stay out of white people business and let the white people do what they do. You know, I think it's easier because we start talking about white people business and then we look as ignorant as they look when they be talking about our business. So why we want to go in their conversations and look ignorant because we can't figure out why the fuck these two nerdy, corny-ass motherfuckers would really want to fight, but we still entice them want to see it. So you know what I'm saying? It's like the, it, it, it's a it's a principle violation. It, it violates a principle, but it's like a train wreck. You can't look away. You still want to see it. Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> no, my only request is like both of them take like like two rounds of steroids pre-fight. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like the concept of when the witch get the little kids, she feed them first to yeah. get them fat before. Yeah, go ahead, get them a little pumped up, a little beef. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give them something to look at. And then um and and then do it. So just like put them on two rounds. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. The steroids. Let's Mark, go. You know Mark Zuckerberg ain't from this planet. That nigga got a tail. That shit not even fair. <laughs> you know, Eli got the recipe from space, so he could do his like that too. You know, like like do you get what I'm saying? This is the white people shit. I don't know the formula that's going. <laughs> Yo, channel, channel, ain't that the shit I be saying? I be like, yo, this some white people shit. I don't know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Like, that's it. That's it. Like, the whole with the submarine. That's some white people shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, why you want me? This scenario, and then like, and they're trying to shame you all the time. Like, well, what if it was you? Well, if it was me... You will be looking for the person that drug knocked me out and put me on that bitch involuntarily. It'd be an entire different story as to why I was on a submarine. We'd be looking at this shit for an entire different reason. Like, Sonny was kidnapped and put on a ship. Who did this? Like, that's, the, that's what you would be looking at if it was me. Ain't no fucking what if it was me. <laughs> <laughs> or if you had, if you just, if you were a billionaire and you had the money left, I could tell you still what the fuck I ain't doing. It, it's like that thing where they tell you, um, if you know I died like this, then you know somebody killed me, right? If you know, if, if I died in a tin can submarine going to see the fucking Titanic underwater, somebody killed me, right? 
And you know what I'm saying? If I die climbing Mount Everest, somebody fucking killed me. I was not there on my own accord and volition. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain shit we don't fucking do. And 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 when y'all, but at the same time, I don't want them to go fucking with them people. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if this what they got to do to be able to fund their research and they tell everybody the truth and these people walk up and they see this fucking tin can, they see what they getting into, they get in, they see the controllers and they still fucking go, let them fucking go. So I don't want the government going in now and fucking with them. Let them people be. Um, it, it's Darwin, let, let, let natural selection work itself out, right? This is the same joke with the, um, like with the, uh, the, the Tide Pods. Yo, the fuck is you stopping them for? Let them eat the dead pods. If they make it, if they make it, we might breed a superhuman. If not, you know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather have that version of population control than what them other motherfuckers trying to give us. You know what I'm saying? If you go do that shit, if, if that's how you want to go out, like, go ahead. You want to climb, climb to that top of the Eiffel Tower to take a selfie, you have every right to do that. You know what I'm saying? If we laugh at you fall, then you nobody can be mad and be trying to shame us. We gave you the right and the choice to do it. You fell and that shit was funny and now we had a responsibility to laugh. And that's the way we need to look at the fucking situation. Um, I would say for the hip hop side of it, I would think that Jay and Nas would be on the same side politically, right? Wait, hold for the on, most wait, part, wait, what? You said Jay and Nas. You, my Jay and Nas against each other, right? How's my mic muted? Hold on, they saying my mic muted. My mic muted? HJ mic check. What? How is it muted? Wait. Check one, two, one, two, one, two. Is it good now? Oh. Oh, wanna. Oh, it was on the uh, other side. Oh, wait, hold on. When I switched screens, it was muted. Hold on, let me see. Okay. Damn, my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. I got to put audio on the other one. On the on the on the share screen. Hold on, we'll just do it like this. How about how about now? Yeah, I should be good right here, right? Yeah. Eh, it's all right. 
So my bad. So I asked Sonny. I said, Sonny, we want to do a black presidency. We want to do a black presidency. Um, I got Hov and Nas fighting for presidency. And then I got uh, Uncle Hotep said he got Tariq Nasheed and, and Dr. Umar. Who you got fighting for black president? It does not have to be entertainer. It, it does not have to be entertainer. It could be anybody. Um, oh, you want me to pick a presidential and vice presidential ticket? Yeah. For, oh, shit. Okay, for I next, was thinking that folks. different. Could be anybody. Yeah, I was thinking of that different. Could be anybody. Could be anybody. Uncle Hotep, Uncle Hotep said Tariq Nasheed and Dr. Umar got the culture on lock. I said, nah, we going with Hov and Nas. They said um, KRS-One for uh, education, Secretary of Education. And um, no, they said they said Nas for president, Hov for treasury, KRS-One for education. <laughs> Who said that in the chat? I, would, I, would, I think I would go with, if I had to pick, oh, God, this is tough. Yeah. Because we don't have many black elders that I would be like, I would plug. We don't have we don't have quality black elders. Um, we got a bunch of elders that sold us the fuck out, right? We got a bunch of elders that that made that made bad decisions. And instead of looking at us and saying, we fucked up, this is how we fucked up, how can we set it up to make sure y'all don't make the same mistakes and we do something different going forward, they they don't want to own what they've done to us. So, like, when you look at our elder selection, like, we don't have one. And I think that that's, that, that would be the saddest part of it, like, overall for me is, like, we, we literally fucking don't have one. But if I had to pick one, I would say... I would take, oh, goodness, that'd be funny. Cornell West running. No, I would nowhere in help. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why? What's wrong, with, have, what's wrong with Cornell? Like, I would have to have somebody serious. What? Like, oh, I wouldn't... You mean he's I not serious? No, no, no. No, he... Oh, wow. He, even he no, not in a not in a way of him personally not being serious. Right. I think like like I said about the elders earlier, I think he is an example of the elder that I described, right? It's the same thing you're pushing for now is the same thing y'all have been pushing for since y'all was walking across them bridges back on something. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's nothing has changed about what you're pushing for. You're just pushing for if it's done under me, it'll be done differently. Like, yeah. no, motherfucker, we see what the fuck is done when it's done under any of y'all. Like, we got proof. This is not me having to guess or imagine what the fuck is going to happen. I can go look at our communities under y'all, and I can see what the fucking outcome is. And you're going to come and tell me, oh, this time we're going to get it right. And no, we're not going to do it just for you, Black people. We're going to do it for all poor people. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's just the recipe for rinse and repeat of a, 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 a bigger growth of the welfare state in a country that is already broke as hell and can't afford it, right? And it, it, we are like the people that live in the biggest house on the block 
but you know what I'm saying? Our credit card balances is hitting them limits, and and we and we can't get them bail them them the minimums met. That's where the fuck we are, right? And we got instead of being honest like that and honest about it, you got these people that are like, hey, you know what? Go ahead, let that let, let, let your family move in here. I got y'all. I'm gonna take care of y'all too. Like you can't barely keep the fucking lights on as it is, and you letting a whole nother family up in here, and you gotta pay for them, their electricity, you gotta pay for their food, you gotta all this extra shit on top of what you can't already pay for. And that's why you see in so many situations like the uh, like what's popping up in Chicago uh, with, with the new black face mayor out there and they couldn't find money for black housing um, when it comes to the homeless population but they pulled 25 million out the crack of their ass for the um, illegal aliens that came in magically it just happened to appear so people are starting to to really see and understand you know what I'm saying that the elder generation, they they have just screwed us, right? They have screwed us so bad. But I would say the one person I would definitely want on the ticket would be Killer Mike. Killer Mike would have to be on the ticket because he's not gonna do anything that takes guns away. He's going to protect wealth. And um, he's going to make sure education is at the top of uh, at the top of any kind of focus that we have in any community. And it's not going to only include um, liberal college, you know, college degrees and stuff. It's also going to have a, a high evaluation on the trades. So, like I said, if we if we're looking at it like that, I gotta have at least somebody that's that's serious that that knows these issues and kind of understands uh what the fuck is going on and then another person that i know i probably would want in the political mix would be waka flocka so if you follow <laughs> waka, no like you laugh but if you follow waka waka has been spending a lot of the last couple of years really educating himself not on the only on the economic process but on the political process as well so some of his conversations being able to tie the two together and make them palatable um i think are really really interesting conversations and you know when people want to do the pick shit he can get grimy back with them on that as well so the culture would kind of fit into it but i, I would definitely want that because you have to have somebody who has been through the culture, came up out of it, learned the lesson the hard way, and is trying to make sure a blueprint is laid out for others to follow. So people that have already developed plans and agendas like that would kind of be the people that I would try to make sure would be pulled into the conversation. Not people that just um, comment because they were asked about these things, but people that make commentary because they are studying these things. So those kind of, that that would be kind of the difference in how I looked at it. Yeah, I seen Walker Flocka's content. He loved, he used to uh, a couple years back. He's I used to see him talking about um, money and tax loops and real estate and yeah, yeah. He's he's very well versed in these subject in his subject matter. Um, all right, let's go back in the grift bag. Let's go back in the griff bag. Let's see what we got in here. Um, Sunny says she's not talking about no white people shit. 
Hold on, let me see. All I got in here is white people shit. I love white people Twitter. I love white people business. You know why? Because oh, they be talking ahead. in our business. Bring it up. What we got? Hold on. We got to bring up Strong Dad June message of the day. We got to cleanse our soul really fast. Strong Dad June message of the day. Can you pull it up on your screen and play it at the same time? Just mute your mic. Let me know when you're ready. Who, me? Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, pull up. up. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up so you can watch it at the same time. All right. One, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. You got it? Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to press play at the same time. Three, two, one. What up, y'all? Happy Strong Dad June. Today is day number 23, and today I want to talk about fairness. Mainly, y'all need to get over it because it doesn't exist. Life ain't fair. Freedom ain't free. Justice ain't just. And anything you need, you want, or you think you deserve is not just going to come to you. You're going to have to work for it. If you're like myself and you believe that the universe will always provide, best believe if you don't put in the work, you won't receive the gifts that can be provided. Can be, meaning they can be withheld because you don't do jack about it, because you don't try enough, because you don't actually show that you are worthy of any of those things. When we talk about uh, mentoring the youth in the community, a lot of times what we hear is, oh, it's not fair this, and oh, it's not fair that we got to do that, or it's not fair X, Y, and Z. Get over that crap. Get over it. It wasn't fair that we were put in the position we're in, and it ain't going to be fair now. Mm. And the minute that you start realizing fairness don't exist for you is the, is the very second that you learn what taking action is all about, that you learn that in order to make things right, you're going to have to take action. Ain't nobody going to take no action for you and this is throughout your entire life you need to get over the concept of fairness and you need to get over the concept of equality all those co those concepts don't exist think about this the very fact that there are things we want to say need to say or should say on all these platforms but we can't say is the very act of crap being unfair of life being unfair they're not going to accept everybody's opinion just off the bat they're going to choose the ones that they want to hear and that's just how it's got to be. So if you think that things should be fair, then you can spend your time complaining in your weak state. But once you realize life ain't fair and you got to work for everything that you get in this world, then you're going to be able to take the kind of action that is indicative of a man who is ready to be a leader. Happy Strong Dad June. Hashtag Strong Dad June. <laughs> Welcome to Hotep Nation where we create culture. We don't complain about it. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Um, he had the dashiki on with the beats on a Friday. He's been, he been doing fire all, all month, so like big, big shout out to him. He got strong dad June on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, any any reactions to that, Sonny? That message right there? You know? Is there anything That's that comes to mind? Fairness. No. Fairness. It and there is, like you said, there is nothing, there is no fairness, right? There is, like, there is, life is not fair. That's something that you just have to accept. And it's kind of, basically, is the antithesis of everything we're fighting against when it comes to fighting the left, right? The idea that they think that they can make the world fair and 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 make it equal, and we're like, no, it is never going to be that way. It's <laughs> never going to happen. Yeah. Like that is an impossibility uh, of it ever being 
like fair. And when I first got into politics and they um and you get when you you know you get hit with this like a, a philosophical question and I came up with the the way I thought about it um was created equal doesn't mean equal results because I can't flow like Jay doesn't make it Jay's fault. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like and and that's what you start to understand that um when you're asking for a situation to be fair or a situation to be equal, you're asking the other person to be um to have some kind of lessening of where they are, of their victories, of their win. And that should make you yourself think that you have very, very low character if that's what you're sitting and thinking about, right? And that's the way we were kind of, um, that's the kind of way I was looked at it. Because basically I was brought up and my mama would say, shit ain't fair, suck it up. And that would be like it. You know what I'm saying? You, you learn, we learn real, real young not to ask for fair, not to expect fair, not to, you know what I'm saying? Nothing in life was ever going to be fair. And it wasn't necessarily reasoning behind it. It was because I fucking said so. So, you know, as you get older, you start to kind of figure it out for yourself and um, try to come up with your own definition. So by the time I got to my daughter and I was and, and her first situation when she thought something was unfair, I was like, yeah, fuck it, suck it up. You know what I'm saying? I would think, oh, I would come up something better or different than what my mom went through. But I was like, nope, it's, it's tried and true. Suck that shit up. You know, take a day to cry about it. Take a day to realize it. maybe it isn't fair. But then take the rest of the day to accept that shit that is over. Now, what can you do with the situation that makes it better for you, right? So, like, I, I could sit around and cry and say what's not fair as far as how I am treated by the Republican Party or whatever. But instead, I would take my time and say, no, this is y'all. Y'all dumbasses falling for their stupid shit again. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's that's the lane that I would I take instead of crying about it not being fair. Mm -hmm. I understand that is a choice and they have made a choice and I came on the losing side of the choice. I am not going to be ashamed of that or uh, cry about that. I'm just going to state that as fact and I'm going to continue to build an army around me to combat it. And that's just the way you handle it. So it's never a question about fair, but you do have the ability to question whether or not you will let it stand. You know what I'm saying? Or, or, or are you going to take the course where you are going to correct the problem so it seems fairer to you? But that also takes you being able to put in the work and the effort to be able to attain whatever outcome that is. So you can just accept, you know, okay, life isn't fair, but that doesn't mean you have to accept it. You do have the power if you so choose to kind of make that your agenda to go out and change the definition of what is fair. So that is a part of what I look at in what I do in politics is seeing clearly that it's not fair, but if I can do some work to make it fairer for people that come after me, then that's a good thing as well. You know what I'm saying? If you could take out some of the roadblocks, you could take out some of the, uh, some of the speed bumps. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you don't, you, you just admit that this shit isn't fair, but then you can decide after that 
am I going to let it stand? You know what I'm saying? Am I going to fight back? Am I going to push back? Am I going to assert myself? And that becomes an individual choice at that moment about how you handle it, how you handle the situation. But if it's something that means a lot to you, then, you know, you don't have to let fair just stand. Or Yo, unfair stand. Salute to Brody. That's Big Dog. That's Coppo. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Coppo over at Ahern. Make sure you holler at Capo Brody McFarlane. Um, appreciate you. Kitten Kundalini is now a monthly supporter. Oh, wow. Welcome. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Um, HotepCon tickets on sale right now. Sonny Johnson will be at HotepCon. Hotep, you're a genius. HotepJesus.com. Sonny Johnson will be there. Yes, she will. We got Sonny Johnson coming out to HotepCon. Tickets on sale right now. HotepNation.com. HotepNation.com slash HotepCon. Get your tickets. All-inclusive. All-inclusive. It's all-inclusive, baby. You know what I mean? We got the gun range. You can do that with Cannon. Syscoin giveaway. Don't forget we got the Syscoin giveaway. Off-road experience. Also, dinner with the Hoteps. Got to be a HotepCon ticket holder. VIP only. VIP only. This is an exclusive Rumble stream, man. Fuck YouTube, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, they can kiss my black ass. Sonny, check this one out. Monique says, <laughs> nowadays, relationships are more about money and what you're bringing to the table than finding someone that makes you happy. And that's what's tearing our community apart. Is that true? I, this is kind of hard for me to answer because, like, I'm an old married lady, you know? Right. So I haven't been um like near near the dating scene, you mm -hmm. know, to 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 even get an attachment of what it's like these days. I can tell you I, I'm 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 glad as hell that I don't have to be, you know, like watching some of the scenarios and situations that they put up in Twitter that's open for discussion, it makes me like really, really happy. These are situations that I don't have to um be involved in or things that I don't have to worry about. And like, it's really freaking hard to comment on what it's like in the dating world today when, you know, you've been with the same man as long as I have. But I don't think, I think that the train wrecks are fall under the definition of the people who are searching for money and who are doing it for the wrong reasons. And people like to see the train wreck. So those are the things that go viral and are most popular. And because they go viral and are most popular, people start to assume that they are more prevalent. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking yep. that, and I'm thinking that the majority of the, uh, good, steady, long-term marriages that are happening out in the country, they don't get the retweets because we, you know what I'm saying? We're boring as fuck. You know what I'm saying? We we got our routines. We got our ways. We, you know what I'm saying? We're happy. We're set in that. We don't yeah. feel the necessity to share that with everybody and, and let people inside of what is personally ours. So we're not going to get the exposure that the train wrecks get, but it doesn't make our existence not valid nor superior reality to what's being posted on the socials. DJ Chad said, we need an HJ version to hit him up just in YouTube. <laughs> 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 
Yo, I like that you hit on the fact that the loudest one always seems like the one that represents everything. That's what I even see with, you know, some of these videos. Like now there's an, a new uh, story circulating where white boy went to the hood, was playing basketball, and he got jumped by some brothers, you know. And, you know, they like to take these these instances and, and try to make it seem like it's, it's a pandemic. You know, the same thing happened with the swan flu in 1976. They tried to take these small incidents and make it seem like it was a pandemic. You know, um, and and I, I see that with these subjects. I can I can definitely see that with these subjects as well. Yeah, and and the thing about like with with the white boy that goes to the basketball court and gets jumped or whatever. Yeah. The the black boy that's not from that neighborhood go to the basketball court and get jumped too. Like it's not it's, it's equal opportunity. That's true, that's true, that's true. That that's what. That's, that's what that's what they do. That's what that's what they that's how they handle themselves. And if you go down there and you or you're not from the neighborhood or you're new to the neighborhood and you want to become a part of the neighborhood, you go down there, they try to jump you, you hold your fucking own, and then they actually, you know, let you in. Right. So it, it it's traditional. <laughs> is it a fucked up tradition? Do we maybe wish that we could do shit a little bit different in a more civilized fucking way? Maybe. But maybe then we'd be just as soft as the other motherfuckers in America. And one of the things that is holding us to being the realest motherfuckers in this bitch is the fact that we still have traditions like that that we owe. So you don't get to just come into the group and fuck with us and be a part of us and when the hands start flying your ass start running why the fuck would we let you in so if white boy went down there and they and, and you know they went to start jumping him and you know he turned out he turned out like um what's keanu reeves john wick and he you know he turned into <laughs> john wick and shit <laughs> You think that the motherfuckers would have been like, hey, what's up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Friend. So it, it's more about you not being able to go down there and throw your hands. It's a rite of passage, <laughs> motherfucker. You failed. And <laughs> if you know how to, and that's what I mean about getting into shit where you don't know shit, right? So that's, if we talk about white people shit and we don't understand it, we gonna get confused. White people look at this and be like, "Oh, just looking." No, it's fucking tradition. It's a <laughs> metric. It's a measure. It's a gauge. We want to know where you fit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like that used to be some manly shit, right? And now it's the conservatives that are fucking crying over it. Oh, that's violence. Isn't it a lack of that shit missing in this country right now? Maybe y'all should have thought about that, right? Before y'all let y'all churches get infiltrated, y'all maybe should have had a cage fight. Oh, that fight would have helped. It would have, you know, you could have rooted out some people. So don't be mad at us because we actually still got some barriers of entry into into our common spaces. Hotel. Oh, this a real hotel, brother. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> <laughs> That part. Yeah, oh, like, man. They play the videos like, oh, look, this happened. Look at this fight in school. And like, motherfuckers. <laughs> just, like, I wish we had a camera for the 90s in public school. Yeah. Like, if you, went to the, if you went to school in the public school in the fucking 90s. You had to fight. Shit, 
that's why when I see these these fights in the classroom, I don't even bat an eye. And everybody wants me to be like, be outraged. Outraged about fucking what? That was <laughs> happening when my generation was in school. <laughs> Maybe you got blessed and you went to a school where that shit didn't happen on a regular basis. No, like it was regular basis fights in my fucking school. Yeah. And that shit does not do the, it does not have the same effect on me that it obviously has on a lot of these people who look at it and are like, oh my God, I'm shocked. I'm like, I'm not shocked. That nigga should have gone in his face. <laughs> he should have saw, you know what I'm saying? He should have saw that shit coming, you know? Like when that dude, like you'll be watching a video and the dude will get up and he'll like take his backpack off, right? And me, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, square up because this nigga taking his backpack off. So I'm seeing all the cues of knowing exactly what's going to happen because this is my childhood. We we know this shit, right? And the dude in the videos is <laughs> and laughing and shit. And then when you get stolen, it's like, oh, it, it, it was a surprise. No, it wasn't <laughs> a fucking surprise. Anybody that grew up Anywhere near, like a uh, uh, majority black community, that shit was not a surprise. We saw all the warning signs. We saw every we played Sunny. that shit out in our head before it happened. You Sunny. know, and Sunny, I went to I went to school with the white kids, and I still came to school today every day expecting to fight. Yo, expecting to fight. I used to I used to I used to come to school today and fight Ricky, Ricky and Scott. I fought them like. It felt like daily. It was probably more like once every two weeks, but it felt like daily because the tension was always high. And every once in a while, shit would just break out into a fist fight. Ricky and Scott, I'll never we, forget. I went to a majority black school, but my brother and my sister went to white school. Mm-hmm. So that was in, in um, so that was in that. Yo, my sister used to get suspended from school every fucking week for fighting. And one one year she um she got in a fight with one of the teachers. And she was fighting the teacher and the principal came to break up her and the teacher. And she stuck the teacher in the glass. The you know how they had a glass oh, in the I door? Know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, she stuck him through the fucking glass in the door. And I'm sitting there like all the white people, you got to be the one in there fighting. You got to be like, you got to be the one. And they're acting a fool. And she fought, man. And they would suspend her, but they would never expel her. And I know one year she got in like 11, 12 fights in one year. Mm. So I know, you know, in the white schools, and them people that went there at that time, they shouldn't be surprised by these fight videos they seeing either. You know what I'm saying? I don't know where a lot of these people went to school where this shit shocks them because this was a regular occurrence. I know where they going to school. Fucking private. That's where they going to school at. They going private. They going to them them same. You know how they say it don't be no white privilege. They be going to the same white privilege schools. You know what I'm saying? Where none of this shit happens. Where they got where you where you uh where you row crew. But see, you know what? <laughs> you know what? The bad part about that 
then these be the dumb motherfuckers that be in situations and scenarios and don't know how to read the signs. Right. So because they don't have that experience, they don't have to, they don't know how to look around and be like, oh, no, 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 wait a minute. You see that nigga and that, oh, no, let's go. You know, like they don't know how to read the room and see the signs and there be the ones that always are caught up in shit mm. crying about I knew or the thought it was happening to me. Mm. All of the people that it's happened to before, they saw the signs and got the fuck out of the way. That's why they not being interviewed. Mm. You couldn't read the signs so you got stuck in the bullshit and had your today, you gonna learn kind of moment. You know what I'm saying? But it, you can look at it like a negative or you can look at it like a lot of the lessons that we learn the hard way, no matter how fucked up you might say it is, yeah. they become survival skills for us now yeah. to be able to operate in society and yeah. move safely and be able to avoid stupid shit because we've had a lifetime of learning how to avoid stupid shit. So now we can take those lessons that we learn and actually apply it when most of these people are walking around lost. Yeah. Um... Chat said basically what she's saying. Saucer Private said basically what she's saying is stop being a bitch. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, again, oh, man, this is... when they say it's not fair, nigga, we, did we do a segment two seconds just... ago that said the shit won't fair? We just, All of yeah, it melds yeah. together into one lesson. It ain't fair to learn how to fight. Um, all right, let's go here. Let's pull this up. Let me tell me what you, what you, what, you know what I mean? What, what information you got or, you know what I mean? What, you know, your input on this, but it says right here, we learned that Mars Toure was arrested for firearms possession in Philadelphia and is currently sitting in jail on an absurdly high bail. Please take this opportunity to donate to his organization and keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Give saying go. Looks like a uh, solutionary um, center. Um, there's also, um, a little bit of context of this story I see in the bag here, um, by, uh, I think it's James Wood, no, Thomas Woods. Uh, the rumors are true. The founder of Black Guns Matter, Maj Toure, was, uh, arrested during a private webinar with my membership. He was walking around North Philly while answering questions. That means I have the video, which shows him being engaged, uh, shows him to be engaged in, in, in perfectly peaceful activity. Um, you know any information now that this is this seems to be true. Uh yeah. As far as far as I know, it is true at the moment. I don't have any kind of more information outside of that, but yeah. as soon as I get the ability to be able to um to talk to Ma to Maj, you know, y'all motherfuckers probably still won't know because I don't share all of that with everybody, you know, I just right. want to make sure my brother. Okay. But, um, if there's something that I can say or something in that aspect, I will, when I get the opportunity to talk to him. Um, so I think it's real fucked up. Um, if, if ever, everybody doesn't know what Maj did, uh, as far as he he was doing a lot of work traveling around the country to give uh, free gun safety classes and lessons and stuff. And what he decided recent, more recently to do was to stay in one place in the center of Philly. 
and open a solutionary center. So it'd be like a one-stop resource uh, spot for all of the citizens in North Philly. So not only were they um, doing gun training down there, they were also doing like the yoga classes. They were doing trades, uh, um, setups to get people in for that. They were uh, having classes to show them how to fill out certain paperwork to be able to do governmental things. It became, it was becoming like a full resource center where people could actually go and actually get their needs met. So it was a real dope idea that he um, created down there with the Solutionary Center. And um, so, you know what I'm saying? I want to do all of that. And I want to say all of that to say I like I'm fully supportive behind Maj and 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 uh, what he's doing, what his goals are, what he is set out to do, 100%. But when you're an activist and you're seeing another and you're seeing another activist go through something, it's also important that you make sure you are pointing out what their activism stood for, right? So one of the things that Maj was very, very, very uh, forward, open, and always putting for on the table was that he thought a lot of the laws on the book were unjust laws, and that he was very, very steadfast in being one to not follow unjust laws. And through a lot of his interviews, especially the interviews where he went into Black spaces, he was um, continuously asked that question over and over again, you know, you carry your gun in New York City, but you know it's against the law. And and Maj would say, interview after interview after interview, um, I don't, I think that that is an unjust law. So I would be a bitch if I said not to follow unjust laws. That I went and I followed them. So this was a huge part of his activism in terms of standing up for what you believe in as far as the Second Amendment is concerned. And with this case happening, if that's what it is, specifically him just um, having a gun charge because um, of an illegal weapon, uh, I think he's going to lavish in being able to let it play out to his fruition. I heard, I can't think of the... Um, the podcast he was on, but he just did one um, about a month ago that really laid out, he was asked in detail about what he would do if um, if the opportunity presented or if he got arrested and he had to actually face charges under what he considers to be unjust laws. And he was like, yeah, that's why I set up certain things and had certain things in place so that if that were to happen, I could fight it. And I'm looking forward to fighting because I'm going to sue the fuck out of them. So with that being said, you know what I'm saying? You want to sit and be like, oh, this is fucked up. Oh, this is bad. But for me, I want to remember who the fuck Maj is. And remember that in a situation like this, he has probably pre-planned for how he would handle it and have it well thought out and think of that as not only a fight that he's willing to wage, but a fight that he can win. So I want to make sure I speak in terms of what his activism would say more than what I would feel like just as a sister wish my brother well. Hotel. No, that sounds that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, yeah. So free Marsh. Um, sounds like it sounds like to me. You know what I I I you know what what stood out to me with this about the story was it was like exactly what they grabbed him for was his specialty. So I'm like mm-hmm. he 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 must have this you know under control. Uh, I just wanted to make sure because you know sometimes if rumors be. You know, around and they say somebody's in jail, but he really home, and you know what I mean. 
this person's dead, but that person's alive. And it goes also to the sense of of kind of a uh, people who move in this space and understanding and being predictive mm-hmm. of what happens when you know you want to be the needle that sticks out you know, uh, the nail that sticks out and everybody wants to hammer you back in. And I think that Maj definitely carried himself as the needle that stood, you know, the nail that stood out. And um, I think he'll he'll fight very vicariously against anybody who wants to try to hammer him back in. So that's how I'm going to, I'm going to make sure we do it. We, 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 uh, we got our good brother that says being a bitch is un-American. So when it comes to us talking about him, even in this situation, we got to walk like that. Being a bitch is un-American. And he thought that these gun laws were unjust gun laws. And if now he's in a position to fight and to stand on what he said he believed, um, being a bitch is un-American. You know what I'm saying? Our principles don't change because it's our brothers that's fighting. Big facts. Big facts. Hashtag free Maz in the chat. Hashtag free Maz in the chat. <clears throat> Make sure you hit the like button. Let's jig the algorithm. Let's get let's get on the home screen. Let's get on the home screen. Everybody hit the like button. So that's a four one one on Maz. Maz gonna be good. He gonna be good. Um, let's go right into this. What's this Ibram X Kendi or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this thread here from Free Black Thought. It says the uh, apparent telos or open, uh, ultimate goal of uh, contemporary anti-racism activism, which is not the activism of the civil rights era, is not to end racism, but to perpetuate it. What? Okay. Um, why would I say this? If an activist group has no intention of being of ever being obsolete, i.e., if it doesn't have a superficial telos according to to which it conceives of its own, and it's not an activist group, it is at best a special interest group and a dishonest one at that. Oh, he talking about Black Lives Matter. <laughs> As a member of FBT, an organization that celebrates viewpoint diversity within the Black Collective, I believe that race essentialism, the tendency to think of each member uh, or uh, of a group experiences and interprets uh, the world in identical ways is a problem I'd like to see solved. Currently, mass media present and uh, mass media present and represent viewpoints from Black people, but only those who fit the popular narrative imperative to the politics of pity. FBT showcases the fact that groups are made of uh, individuals with separate goals, pursuits, interests, values, etc. This is Ibram saying this? This is rather interesting. I thought he'd be just tr- describing himself. Um, however... No, I don't think that's him saying that. Oh, this is somebody... I, I, yeah, I definitely don't think that that's him saying that. He, oh. he may... <laughs> oh, no, this is FBT president, Redder, uh, Readers of York. I'm sorry. You're right. That's yeah, not Ibram. I was about to, I was about he's, to he's, say... Yeah, uh, I was about to say this has to be a critique of him. Yeah, that that ain't his words. Right. So so FBT is free black thought. Many major universities have created uh, graduate programs in diversity, equity, and inclusion for people who plan to make a career out of DEI initiatives. But if one's livelihood consists of fighting racism, wouldn't the end of racism spell trouble? 
Yeah. This is like the, the, the economy of race pimping. What do you think about this subject matter? Let's start off at, at, at one place first with this centralized understanding before we have these conversations. Okay. There are two ways you keep the black problems at the forefront of the conversation. There are two ways that you do it, right? So the people on the right love to criticize how the left does it. So the left does it like, like just go ahead and say, you know, they they saturate everything in racism to where math is racism and exercise is racism. Like everything <laughs> becomes racism. You know, yeah. that's what the um the left does. But they never ever look at their self in the mirror and realize how they make sure black issues stay at the forefront. Right. So the second way that you keep black issues at the forefront of the conversation is by not solving the fucking issue. So if you went and you solve the issue so that it's not an issue anymore, then you wouldn't have to worry about that problem being at the forefront of the conversation because it is now a solved issue. And matter of fact, you would want that issue to be at the forefront of the conversation because you could say, like, look, we solved this. This was a problem that Black America had. We took this problem off the table. We gave it a remedy that actually worked. So you would want it to be at the top of the conversation if you were actually solving shit. So you have a right that does that, right? They pretend there are no problems. They pretend, they pretend that uh, this is the shit that they do. Like, for some reason, the black faces on the right think that the only people that are completely unaffected by policy ever are black people, right? So everybody else is affected by policy in some way. But black people are not affected by policy in any way. For black people, it's always, it's victimhood or oppression Olympics or some shit like that, just because um, because they say that um, policy is hurting what they're trying to build or what they're trying to grow. And here's the, and here's the issue. These two motherfuckers are fighting each other and neither one of them give a fuck about black people. The black faces, like the, the person who wrote this article, he doesn't give a fuck about black people. He's mad that black people like the black leftists more than they like the, his black right ass, you know? <laughs> like that's where he's mad at, right? That's where his ire comes from. Yeah. And it's, so it's about like, he shouldn't be the leader. I should be the leader. Like, look, my ideas are better than his ideas, but black people don't like me and and I don't fit the standard. Look, it is not about some, some standard that society sets. It's about exactly what I just said. Black people don't fuck with you. We don't like you, right? Like, you can try to say... One black person's experience uh, d doesn't represent everybody's. Basically, what you're saying is, I'm not like you niggas. And you say that, and then you wonder why the niggas don't like you. Like, you just literally told us you are not one of us. And then you're like, but I can't figure out why they don't like me. No, we get it. You have an experience that is different from our experience. And that's cool. But you want us to pretend we lived your experience. How the fuck is that cool? Like that, that's too much to ask. And you don't want us 
to try to make you act like you've lived ours, our experience, right? We're not trying to get you to do that, but that's always what the standard is, right? Because they're not fighting for us. They're fighting each other. So if he comes out and everything is racism and he comes out and nothing is racism, then they just fight amongst our, you know, they fight amongst themselves. And the, and the, and the ones who never ever get their problems solved, uh, solved or their true issues addressed are regular black people. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a two way street when it comes to this concept of, of how you get black people's problems off the, the, the main stage. And we're the coolest motherfuckers in the country. That's why everybody always want to talk about us. So like, Stop being mad about that. Embrace that and use it as a way to be able to spread your message if you think your message is, is better as an overall message. But saying, yo, I, I, I'm not like them other niggas is not a coherent message to make the niggas want to talk to you. And that's just simple understanding of human nature. What's up with this DEI stuff? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Where do you stand on this? Is this a necessity? That's 76% white people. So that's white people talking about other white people, teaching other white people. So they send white people after your kids. They send white people, they send white women after your kids. 76% of all DEI positions, 76% of all DEI positions are white people. Three-fourths of all DEI positions are white people. So these are white people taking over white spaces to make other white people conform. Still has nothing to do with black people. Black people rank less than 3% of the people that are hired under diversity, equity, and inclusion. But we are the ones that get this shit constantly thrown on us when the top culprit of everything DEI is LGBT. It's not fucking black people. So the majority of those people that get hired for those DEI positions have pink, green, blue, or yellow hair. Get what I'm saying? They are not black people. So it, it, it is again, you throwing us into a fight. We really, you know what I'm saying? If you compare what Kendi makes for a race speech compared to what some of the white women make, come on, get the fuck out of here. They even the black faces are struggling to compete in the DEI space. Because you are no longer the flavor of the fucking month. They got a whole rainbow of flavors to choose from now because you fell down on your job. You wasn't standing guard. You wasn't in your position. You capitulated when it mattered. Now you have been bypassed and you are a byproduct in the old movement that you fucking started. So you're looking and they've moved themselves into a place where they they have caused their own destruction. If you go, at, but one of the things I want to uh, point out because it's in the main quote that you put up on there, where he says, uh, uh, the telos or the ultimate goal of contemporary anti-racism activism, which is not the activism of the civil rights era. What they are saying is the civil rights era is dead. It is dead. The 
Al Sharpton's, the Jesse Jackson's, like they don't have control over the situation anymore. And that's one of the reasons why when you said Cornell West, I kind of laughed. That 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 apparatus is dead at this point. Cornell West is going to hurt in terms of having more white people jump on his side than black people. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. has more of a chance of getting more black people than um, Cornell West does. You know what I'm saying? So it's not even a matter of race when it comes to that. It's a matter of understanding one movement is dead. And what they are trying to do is to fill the vacuum with something new. And here's the here's the spicy shit about Black America. They tried with the um, they tried with the anarchy. We, you know, outside of the, the little you know groups and pockets that you see overall as Black people, we didn't join in. They tried with the Marxist push. Overall, as Black people, we didn't join in. Most of all the Bernie Bros was white, right? Uh, when it comes to even the Democrat, that that under the Democrat socialism and anything Marxism tag, Black people are not fucking buying in. That means that within that vacuum, there is still a lot of space for someone who is willing, who are willing to give Black people a competing message, give Black people a capitalist message. Give them something to be like, okay, look, we understand that shit y'all used to be fucking with has failed, but y'all knew it was failing. We just didn't pay attention. Y'all been fighting to get something new. Y'all been fighting to get something different. Now we realizing that something different y'all want is not these policies of, you know, defunding the police and abolishing prisons, all this stupid shit the left is talking about. But you really want access to capital, really want the ability to send your kids to, real, to good school, really want the ability to have, to be able to self-defend. People didn't, like, when I used to talk about this, people never understood why I would make it, um, why I was making it such a huge uh, subject matter. In the Black community, the eye of self-defense has been greatly diminished. What is uh, reconciled, what is looked at, what is judged by the court of law as self-defense. And a lot of why we look at the system in terms of being racism is because, again, there are obvious cases where if you are from our community, if you are from where we are from, you would look at situations and say, it was just self-defense. I don't fucking understand what's happening. And white people understand this. They understand this real well because they, when it was George Zimmerman and Trayvon, Trayvon Martin, them bitches got the message. It wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't matter that George Zimmerman stalked him. It didn't matter that George Zimmerman first approached. It doesn't matter. You know, like none of the shit that happened before even mattered. When it came down to your life or mine, and he chose his, that qualifies as self-defense. That's what everybody on the right was saying. Now, if you took that same metric and looked at a lot of black men who are in jail right now for the rest of their lives or 25 year bids or something like that for cases that were, if, if were judged under those exact metrics, in that moment, it was your life or his life and you had to choose. How many of them, if they have been given that form of self-defense, would not be in jail right now? You know what I'm saying? And when you talk about that, people are like, 
no, it's not real. But when you see them locking up Daniel Perry, when you see them locking up the black guy in New York, and you start to realize, like when we were watching a dude that got robbed in the bodega and they tried to um, lock him up for actually defending himself. And I'm like, these things are not new. This is how they have neutered black men from taking their spot of responsibilities. And then after black men get neutered from self-defense, you turn around and say, well, why are the communities like that? <laughs> People actually just don't care. They must like living like, no, they have been beaten into submission by a judicial system that punishes them for being stewards of their community. And now you are starting to see that play out where everybody is noticing, not just people complaining about it in the black community. And it, that's one of the major things. Like if you fix just that concept of in that moment, it doesn't matter if, if you have priors or it doesn't matter if you have associations, if in that moment it's you or him and you win, that's self-defense is not murder. You know, it, 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 you had the ability to protect yourself, but they've added so many enhancements and qualifiers and exempt uh, and exemptions to it that if you are if you're a drug dealer or if you had a prior charge for this or if you do then all of that sways over whether or not you have a right of self-defense and it shouldn't that right for you to be able to protect your life and liberty that never goes away and it shouldn't go away because you have priors. Sonny, you mind if we take phone calls? Nope. We're gonna take phone calls. Hold on. Hold on, let me, um, I'm gonna get y'all to, is it this? No, 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 it's this, it's this, it's this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Boom, boom. Hold on. We on the Zoom today, so y'all gotta come in the Zoom. <clears throat> All right, let's put that there. I'm a, if you copy and paste this code, it'll take you right to the, to the shit. Um, y'all know how to do this from last time. Y'all know how to do this from last time. Um, so let me see. Yeah. Okay. So that'll, that'll take you directly into the chat and then, um, hold on, let me see something. Oh, okay. So the pin is the last part. You got the phone number. And the meeting ID is right there. You got the meeting ID and the passcode. It's in that order. So you got the phone number, the meeting ID, and then the passcode. You see them separated right there in the code. I pasted it in the chat. Um, hold on. Okay, good. We are going to go to commercial break. We'll be right, right, right back with our callers. Yeah, I can try to get that handled for you. Again, it's only my second day, so if you can give me a second. How am I supposed to do this? How the hell are we supposed to do this by 5 o'clock? I have no clue. Is that possible? Hey, do you have the password to... How'd you finish all your work already? He's not tapped in. How'd you get that done so quick? They think they're going to be able to budget that? It's money. That's money right there. You understand? You guys finished your work six hours early? He's not tapped in. 
What y'all think about that commercial? All my members on YouTube already saw it. My YouTube members already saw it. I gotta figure out how to bring exclusive content to um to members only on Rumble. We're gonna figure it out. We we still new over here, but we're gonna figure it out. Um AK Kamara said I'm gonna need some equity on that commercial. Uh thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, appreciate you, appreciate you, man. You are appreciated. Um, so while we... Okay, just want to make sure I'm not missing nothing. Okay, good. While we wait for people to uh, enter the Zoom, I know some of y'all are real grifty. Sonny, last time I, I opened that up, right? These motherfuckers was at their desk. Chad was at his desk. He had his full podcast. He was in full podcast mode. He was up on the screen. Another cat came on. He was in his car. He was like, oh, shit, I'm on. This was when um, this kid came on doing Pharaoh. He was like, yo, I'm on I'm on the screen right now with Hotep Jesus and Pharaoh. I'm like, yeah, he was spazzing. He was like, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That shit was fucking great. Got the streets talking, babe. Um, Good for you. But they was um, they was out here grifting. Sometimes they they grift. So everybody knows Sonny Johnson is a featured guest speaker, one of our um, most illustrious, also two time Hotep Con speaker special guest. Will be there August seventeenth to the twentieth. Uh oh, I see people coming in the room now. August 17th to the 20th, Las Vegas, Nevada, Ahern Hotel, all-inclusive tickets. It's going to come with your event pass. It's going to come with your hotel room and also mail for the three days. You'll get there Thursday night. We have the Hotel's Been Told You show. After that, we have the five-course chef tasting. That's amazing. You're going to be full. You're going to mouth-watering. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Everybody always talks about that. The next morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to have breakfast. We're all going to be at breakfast. We're going to have good breakfast. It's all gourmet, like, you know, TV chef shit, okay? And they have the best the pizza The sausage ever. there is amazing. It's the best sausage I've ever had in my life. Like, I was going to catch the plane home. And I had to stop and grab sausage before I left, leaving hotel car last time. So the sausage in that joint is off the chain. So if you a breakfast person, like I'm telling you, it, it hit, man. Mm. The food there, again, is amazing. Yeah. So, that sausage is something else, though. Um, I think they, because they make everything pretty much from scratch right there. Um. What else? Um, okay, so then the breakfast, and we'll have then the pool party. So pool party, we'll have hors d'oeuvres by the pool party. And then the next day, we'll have breakfast, and then we have the um, the final feast, the final feast with the hotels. Let's take a caller here. Um, tickets for Hotel Con on sale. Use coupon code Hotel Jesus ten percent off. Ten percent off a coupon code Hotel Jesus for your Hotel Con tickets. Don't forget, sponsored by Syscoin. So. When you get your tickets, you can also enter to win off-road experience in Las Vegas, Nevada. Hit the link in the description box below for all those details. Let's get a caller in here. Who is this? This is Kay, but I'm trying to figure out what screen to put him on. Kay, yo, can you hear me? 
Okay, you there? Hello? Yo, yo. Hey, what's up? What up, what up? How are you doing? How are you doing, Sonny? Blessed and highly favored. Good. It's a pleasure to finally talk to you. Um, I always love seeing you debate people because you shut them down intellectually. And then, of course, they cannot come back with it. So it's absolutely, it's very educational, but at the same time, it's hilarious too. That's good. I like that. That that makes me, yeah, that makes me happy. <laughs> I just want to say, because um, I listened to that two-part series that Shaka most put out for Egypt. And it makes me think, like, when it comes to you know, me being, as HJ says, spicy white, <laughs> and then just, you know, just a lot of people of color, we don't even know our history because everything that we've been told is not the truth. And I think until we all finally learn who we are, what we're doing here, and what is our role on this earth, will things start to change? And a lot of us will get out of that victimhood mentality that they put us in versus, you know, the mindset that we're supposed to be in. And it is very unfortunate that the media wants to portray people um, in a very negative light, but still wants them, um, wants their votes. And it's like, like you said, that even like when it comes to Illinois and all that stuff, it's like, you know, they're giving more money to the um, illegal immigrants versus the people of color who are already there in the black majority population in Chicago. Nothing. Nobody wants to come up with any um solutions or anything like that they always want to emphasize the problem and then they want to put blame on the individuals without putting blame on the government who started it in the first place most definitely so but, I, but I, let me ask you this because I, I let me let me let me switch around some of the um language you said because if we understood that the person or the entity that caused the problem in the first place is government. Aren't we, in fact, victims to government? And I think every American, as we're looking at the debt that the country has incurred, if you're looking at the deficits and how they lie about them cutting and having real savings, like if you look at how they've used our military, if you look at how they fought our like, I think the American public as a whole has been a victim to government. And instead of us, um, we should be stating that on a regular basis and saying that on a regular basis, because that actually does exactly what you um, were questioning, right? It actually puts the onus back continuously on government. Um, and, and like, that's, 
where we want these conversations to be moved. And like you have these white people, especially on the conservative side of the aisle, who think that like our ultimate goal is to have uh, white people apologize to us for slavery, for this, that, or like that's our ultimate goal. Um, and I'm like, I don't want that from you. I want you to wake up, right? Because while all of this stuff was happening, it wasn't that you white people on the ground were in control or you were making this happen. happen. No, you were asleep. You weren't paying attention because it wasn't affecting you. You didn't go and research. You didn't seek information. You didn't seek knowledge. You were asleep. And now you are starting to get woke and not woke by the right wing definition of anything that I hate, but by the traditional definition of black people using the term to wake up and to understand you are not safe. You are in a bad situation that you are being, you know, you are something is about to happen. You are about to be a target. You are in a conflict zone. People are not looking out for your best interest, depending on all variations of how it is used. But it's always it, it has always meant to be alert, to be aware of your surroundings and have an understanding of what is going around, uh, going on around you. So we are entering this period of woke where we as the American public should be able to state firmly that we are victims of government. Now, that doesn't mean we walk around with a victim mentality. That means that we see clearly who our enemy is and we focus to make sure that we are taking down that enemy with all of our might. And that is the way we get out of victim status. The only way you get out of victim status is when you become a victor. So as long as the government is able to whoop and beat and suppress and, and oppress us at its will, and it cannot be held accountable, as we are seeing now, every time they try to be held accountable, they get away with it. I think that that actually implies that we are victims to our government. And now the only way we remove that victim status is if we become victors and take it over and, and, and change the dynamic. So again, I'm always about understanding the wordplay and how sometimes they use us to guilt they use words to guilt and shame us out of the direction that we're focusing on. And we can't allow them to do that. We need to make sure we have um, complete domination of the words and how they're used, but also how we can use those words to make sure the things that we want to focus on are in the forefront of every single conversation. So we are a victim to government. And the only way we get over that victim status is if we become victors. So we better get ready to fight. I, I do agree with that. And also another thing, too, is just um, the civil rights movement that was worked so hard for the alphabet mafia is trying to remove it. Like, I, I think I sent I, I sent you, HJ, an article like a couple of days ago where somebody said that they are using an underground railroad, a realtor to move people out of um, Texas. And it's like all the all the words that they're using, all the things I see laws made for them and everything like that. But what about the laws for, um, you know, the black Americans? It's like nothing. And they're trying to slowly take over everything. Like they will say that they were oppressed. They were beaten and all that stuff. It's like, were you lynched? 
Were your family members lynched? Were your family members slaved? But they didn't, I'm going to say they did not steal that from the civil rights movement. The civil rights movement gave it to them. And that's why the civil rights movement is dead. You know what I'm saying? The civil rights movement gave away the black fight to the people of color. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. the civil... The civil rights movement, the Congressional Black Caucus, that entire ilk, um, they they didn't they weren't beaten. They didn't have anything taken away from them. Um, they gave it away. So again, as, as, for Black America, you know, I I don't really have these conversations very often. What where I focus uh, strictly on, like Black America, you need to understand in this moment, this your fuck. Up. This comes from 90% to one political party for 60 years, even after you saw the um, the outcomes continuously um, not uh, manifesting any kind of real growth or anything like that. And the only thing I can say, like, now we have gotten to the point where I think you do have a woke Black community that is looking at that civil rights era. And I think that that's why it's being judged so harshly, along with uh, institutions like the CBC, um, and, and, and rightfully so, because these people have been in positions of power eating off the civil rights legacy while actually not doing anything to fix the conditions within the Black community. So I don't think anything was taken from them. I think that they freely gave it. And Black America is just waking up to realize, again, it wasn't taken from us either. We had leaders that gave it away. And that's why you are seeing a new generation of leaders step up and say, this is no longer acceptable. And I'm all here for for that fight. You know what I'm saying? I'm all here for that battle. That's the one I'm, I'm looking forward to waging. Yo, thanks for right. the call, okay? Thank you. I also got to promote Master Focus. Hey. You guys make sure to click the description link and go ahead and get that super discount. Make sure keep your minds right, keep your minds tight, pause. <laughs> and then also um, unbreakable rules of masculinity. If mm-hmm. it can help my son, it can help you guys too. So, uh, hotep and build. Happy Strong Dad June. Thank you, Kay. Yo, she got every grift in there. Shout out to your followers. <laughs> I got the best followers in the world, yo. Okay, there you go. All right, hold on. Let me bring... um. You got Rudy on the line. Yo, what's up, Hotel Jesus? What's up, Sonny? Hey, how are you? Sonny, hey, look, a long time ago, I said, man, I want to see you as the president just so you can argue with Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping, sweetheart. That would be the best, man. That would be the best if they had to face off with you. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm also uh, don't. I'm a purveyor. Of the most of the red whites with the microphone are the are the they're the wrong ones, man. Because all these people crying about. Oh my God! Look at the fights in schools. Look at the fights in schools. I went to a majority black high school, and I know poor whites from the country, and I know whites that were raised up in the inner city. None of that shit faces us, man, because we've all dealt with that shit before, man. It's these uppity whites that grew up, like H.J. said, going to private school. Those are the ones who are like, oh, my God, I can't believe they're fighting in school. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, any any white that grew up in the country, 
you know, uh, we, we've dealt, you know, they've dealt with that in any way. They grew up in the inner city. They've dealt with that. And I'll tell you what, I've been jumped on a basketball court in the inner city of Norfolk. And I've been jumped on a basketball court at my, at my homeboy's house way the hell out in the middle of nowhere in North Carolina. So, you know, there's a thing that's, that said, like, you go show up at somebody's basketball court and you, you, you get into a fight. If, if, if it was me and my crew, we're all fighting you unless we know you. So um, you're 100% on with that shit. I'm tired of these soft-ass red whites with the microphones. <laughs> but, uh... You know, Yo, you know we, used to, you know. we used to, when we when I was in high school, we had our football team used to uh, play the county boys, right? We was in, we was in city schools, and they would have a few games against uh, some of the people in the county schools. And the right. football players used to fucking hate those games because they like, yo, you about to go out there and play against the white boys that's out there, you know, picking up cows and shit. Like, they, they built different. They hit different. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? So, again, it's always a healthy amount, a healthy amount of respect when you have people with the same kind of energy and they meet up and run into each other, whether, no matter what color they are, if they both come in with that equal energy, they usually get along with better than, you know, the outsiders actually understand. Yeah, 100% right, because uh, Sonny, like I said, I, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia. I went to Booker T. Washington. When I first came out of middle school and went into high school, like I had went to a, a high school called um, a middle school called Lake Taylor, which wasn't in the inner city. It was kind of on the outskirts. And then when the uh, high school came, they bust me into the inner city. And until until I until I put up my dukes and they seen that look, we can't just walk over this one. It, I mean, like you said, a healthy amount of respect is is formed in a fist fight, man. You know. And then uh, there was times, man. There was times like uh, there was a lot of projects around Booker T, man. And there was this. Uh, young fella from Tidewater Park, man, that went and slapped my girl on the ass one time. So I rocked off on him, and he went to get his cousin, and, you know, his cousin was on the football team. And, and, they, and they came into the classroom thinking they were going to jump me. You know, he, he, the kid was a freshman. He didn't realize that I played ball and all that. So he went and got his cousin. They came in there to, like they were going to jump the white boy in, and he was like, are you talking about that one right there? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, nah, you got to shoot him the fair one, man. He's with us. So even in prison, that happened to be before, man. I, I rocked off on a in the, on a blood in in a Southampton Correctional Center. I dropped this dude, cold cocked the shit out of him. So he went to the leader of the bloods. The leader of bloods come back. I was like, nah, that white boy's from Norfolk, man. You want a piece of him? We'll let you shoot the fair one. Dude didn't want nothing to do with it, man. So you know, iron sharp as iron, man. And, you know, sometimes a fist fight will, will, will earn you respect, man. It's like you said, man. You were so on point with that shit. You just don't go into somebody else's neighborhood playing ball white boy was probably talking shit too probably you know he might have some skill probably talked a little bit too much shit and didn't realize what was about to happen man and, and you know a five on one i've been through quite a few of those in my life man so you were right on point man toughen the fuck up beat your kids out of fight and not back down and every now and then you're gonna wear an ass whooping but trust me if you wear the ass whooping Gain a little bit of respect wearing that ass woman. Just don't ball up, man. Fight, fight back, man. Fight back. And especially when it sticks to your hands. When, when y'all keep it amongst men and y'all can keep y'all issues to y'all hands, 
it does better for society. And um, I wish we went back to a place where the idea of men using their hands, if, 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 if their words don't work and it comes to that, that men move back into a space of using their hands where both of them get to go home at the end. I think that that is beneficial for society, but I think, like you said, it also does a lot for, for the males involved, whether they win or lose, the fact that they actually stood up and fought. And I think, like, we need a lot more of that uh, energy in America right now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Listen, you guys are on point, man. Sonny Johnson, I love you, man. I'm glad I got to talk to you. HJ, man, I appreciate you, man. Hey, I, I swear to God, though, Sonny, I would love to, love to let you get into some of that foreign policy and smash them fucking foreigners, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, the people, the people we got talking for us right now are just a bunch of bitches, man. A bunch of bitches, man. Yo, they had me and impeach. They had me impeached and out of office quicker than a motherfucker. They be like, she's fucking up all of foreign, all of foreign policy. Hey, then look, Xi Jinping wouldn't know what the fucking do. He's like, man, what the fuck is going on here? This lady's crazy, man. But maybe, maybe the trade deficit switch back. Crazy like maybe the trade deficit. It's all good, man. It's all good. HJ, I love you, man. I'm out here in Mississippi, man. Signals, but listen, man. I'm. I told you about, man. I'm riding all over the country, man. God damn, Mississippi, get it together, man. This is the only state I've lost the signal in, man. Mississippi got to get it together, man. <laughs> but look, I love, I, I, I love y'all, man. Hotep and Bill, man. Great stream, man. Great stream as usual, man. This is Rudy the Vet out here in Mississippi, man. Appreciate you, man. Peace out, Yep. Strong Dad on the line. Strong Dad, what up, man? Hey, what up, what up? What's up, what's up? Let me hop on out to the basement. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. Getting some work done. Getting some work done? That's what's up. Yeah, getting, getting some work done. It's sunny. No. Man, I'm so glad that you uh, just exist. I just I, I just want you to know that for my shadow cabinet, even though I said Jay Z and I was for president, I think we need a shadow cabinet just to protect them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would say Sonny for president, but I, you know, we can't have nobody that real at the at the head of the at the helm. So we uh, for my shadow cabinet, I want Sonny. You feel me? I feel like that'll be a good pick. Um, really, I just wanted to call and say that uh, Sonny for shadow you know, cabinet. Give me some power to move in the shadows. I get shit done. I believe exactly, exactly. Listen, honestly, I mean, Sonny, I I I know that you, you know, that you that you're against it, but the way that you the way that you act, this kind of spit and fire, you guys. This is why you're the head of Slytherin House. I just want you to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. The sorting hat takes my opinion into consideration, man. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Okay. no too nice. They I'm, they I'm, way a too total, nice. They way too I'm a total Harry Potter geek, in case nobody knew. You know, everybody thinks I'm so, like, 
whatever. No, I'm like, I'm total. I love Harry Potter. I I love Lord of the Rings. I love, um, you know what I'm saying? That whole genre, anime, manga, all of it. What do you think I, about what do you, you think about Uncle Hotep's take where he says um, niggas don't belong in Middle Earth stories like Harry Potter and Oh and, uh, man <laughs> Come on now Come He on, said he don't want to see no niggas in Middle Earth in his Middle Earth stories Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings He said I don't want to see no niggas in them shits I kind of feel them Cause like that that ain't our our stories. Like okay, I'll give you I'll give you a joke that I get hated for saying. I I I fucking hate the Wiz. What you mean? Me too. Me too. The Wizard of Oz was what the fuck it was for what it was supposed to be, Mm -hmm. and you could have came. And you could have gave Dorothy, a black Dorothy, an entirely different experience instead of doing what they did. Like, my daughter loves The Wiz, and that's like the one movie I like cannot watch with her. I think that that was like a horrible, horrible thing to do. Well, like, just give us our own. Michael story. Jackson did go hard, though. I, I did like Michael's character though. I always, I, I always thought that movie was kind of creepy. I can give respect <laughs> to the people that were in it, but I don't like it. I, I just give us our own stories, or even if you want to make an adaptation, make an adaptation that fits us. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. our when yeah, our gotta... over the rainbow not look different black than theirs. Black people. <laughs> We are in. We black people at least should be in the Middle Earth, man. When you look at the folklore, there's like they got these white elves, but there's a whole place called the Underdark where there's these people. They're dark elves. They exist. The dark elves are black people. They're black elves. You know what I'm saying? Like we supposed to be there. They just never wrote us in the story. But when you read like books, you know, when I was locked up, I read a lot, a lot of books, and a lot of them, you know, some of them were fantasy books and. We're well, there. We're in there. We're part person, of the story. I want a black person to write about the black elves. Like, if, if you want to write about <laughs> them and bring them in, or some black person in the spirit to do it, but I don't want, like, I don't want white people writing in token elves. Like, like I, I'm fine with watching the white people do what the white people do. Like, if I want a good black movie, I'll go watch Fresh. Or, you know what I'm saying? I got I got a good selection <laughs> that I can go back and I can and I can watch if I want to see good, authentic black movies. I don't have to, I don't, I don't like, I don't want token characters to say black people are black. Like, it's the same concept with Friends, right? Oh, I'll I'll watch Friends occasionally. I'm not against it. You know what I'm saying? Was it the greatest show? No, but is it? Does it have its moments? I think so. But does it stand a candle to Living Color? I mean, not Living Color, but Living Single? No. Like Living Single was way fucking better in my opinion. Now, am I gonna cry because there were no white people in Friends, or am I going to revel in the fact that? we got as many years as we got of um living single. So I, I'll take that I we had we had good we had good black um alternatives at that time. So I'm happy about that as opposed black to crying TV about used the to other. be great. 
It used to be, hell yeah. Fact. And you know what Black hey, TV me, started me and my wife still watch Martin. <laughs> Black TV started fucking up in, in 2008 when Barack Obama won. That's when Black TV started fucking up. Because Fact. California that year had gay marriage on the ballot. And the Black people came out and voted for Barack Obama, but they came out in such massive numbers that the gay marriage ballot initiative failed. So they were they were looking to get that big victory, um, and they didn't get it. So if you notice, after 2008, every single Black show you see was LGBT focused or centric in some way because it became an education com campaign to take the bias out of black America. You know what I'm saying? Um, if, if we stopped or prevented gay marriage from passing, then there was still some indoctrination to be done in our communities. And they started to give all of our characters kind of this bend and this slant. And this is not me like making it up and saying it. People have short-term memories. After the election was over, it was one of the biggest uh, topics of discussion at the time about how uh, the gay marriage initiative failed in California and exactly why it uh, why it failed. So, like, people don't want to actually keep in memory why these things happen the way that they happen. But a lot of black TV shows actually started to really, really bend and have that tent towards LBGT right after two thousand and eight. Yep. Yep. That's yep. true. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. See, this is I see, I need clips like this so that I can give them to my uh, my wife's brother because he is a you know what I'm saying, he's sold by whatever the left and taught him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He just finished telling he just finished telling us in the family group chat why why Dr. Umar make him sick and then making Hotep doing Hotep slander, knowing damn well I'm a Hotep. You know what I'm saying? I I just I just need things like this. We just literally just got done talking about you know, uh, money and corporations, and this nigga's gonna talk about like everything he said was, you know, oh, well, white people this and evil white people that. And I'm like, man, where's your fucking balls, man? Like, where, where's your, about where's the, your nut he, mad, he mad at the, the creations of Yakub? Hey, babe. He mad at the creations of Yakub, man. That don't make no sense to me. That's what oh, I was man. like, was He's still stuck Yakub, in Yakub owes somebody money. Yakub working for the man, too. You don't even know what's really going he on. He probably get good grades you know in school. You think Oh my goodness! He, he, yes, he does. He college educated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so, you know yeah. them college educated. Basically, Negroes. basically what those nah, colleges, basically what those tests do is, those aptitude tests, they basically grade how well you've taken in the programming. So if you have high scores, that means you've taken in the program and you have a good grasp of it all. Sometimes when you have low scores because this person has decided to reject the programming. So you'll see that with a lot of these scholarly types. You always see that they have their really good high grades because they've taken the program and the program has designed hate into the curriculum. It's a horror story. Black history is told as a horror story. Yep. That's, that's all they see. That's all they see. That's, what, that's why I keep trying to tell people, man, life ain't fair. 
<laughs> they do they do the black uh the black experience in four segments. I call it the S S S A education, right? They go uh slavery, socialism, segregation, and assassination. And that becomes the uh the total value of, of the black experience. You were bought here in chains, did they you know you was property, you got your ass beat and whipped on, you know what I'm saying? Then they go to um the new deal but look this if, if you give government money then government can do all of these things but they neglect to mention that our black asses were left out of them programs and then they go to segregation and be like but even if government is spending all this money and they have all of these programs look you still black you still separate you still not equal and if you decide you want to stand up you decide you wanted to speak out then they're going to assassinate you like they did uh martin luther king jr malcolm x mega evers so that's how they tell our story our story is a complete victim story and if republicans were smart instead of crying about the curriculum as it stands and trying to take away from it you would be adding points and to be able to talk uh, talk about the um great legacy black america has um in this country and what we've done to not only better ourselves continuously in the face of white supremacy but also what we've done in terms of making sure this nation stood strong in every single war we right. were there in every single struggle we were there in every single victory we were there so every single part of american of the american story has a part of black American fabric running through it, and that would be a much better story than the um than the despair story that's currently told today. I, I got a question because I got I got a homeschool playlist that you know I'm saving so that when my daughter starts her her real live homeschooling, you know I got some books that I can put in in the Rolodex. If you were to pick one book that needs to be in the black parent who's homeschooling a, a child, uh, one book in the Rolodex, what book would that be? What or, or, or what work would that be? I would say it wouldn't even be a book. It would be a speech. It would be uh, Frederick Douglass, What is the Fourth of July to the Slave? It's 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 my Ooh. number one. It's my most pivotal. It's 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 an understanding of how to look at the country and look at its foundation, look at its founding, look at the founding fathers, and understand how great they were in in the job that they had in front of them as far as taking on the greatest nation uh, it, uh with the greatest standing military in the world and actually winning as an upstart country right like there's a magnificent story to be told about the founding of America and the and the founding fathers, and you can respect and 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 acknowledge and and even be in awe of what it took for this idea to be born, but at the same time also understand that it has that stain that that it did overlook its own principles it wasn't standing solidly where it should have in order to be able to carry forth the intention of the work right the intention of the constitution hadn't been brought to full bearance so it's a beautiful juxtaposition about understanding 
how you can honor America and its inception while also being able to hold it accountable for the lapses in time periods where the intent of the document wasn't um, granted to all and wasn't protected. So uh, that to me is, it, it becomes very, very powerful, especially as a, t as a teaching tool to understand that everything because it was historically bad, doesn't mean it can't be looked at and judged in the context of the time. And, and this is where I think like a, a lot of white Republicans and conservatives get, get wrong when they think that we're trying to hold on to uh, our history as some method of victimhood. And that's not what it is. It is a teaching format. It is a learning format. It is a predictive format to stop us from making the same mistake. And nothing kind of paints a better picture of kind of that understanding for me than what is the Fourth of July to a slave. So, yo, strong okay. dad, appreciate okay. the um, appreciate the call, and I got Cannon waiting in the wing, man. Oh yeah, bring Cannon on in. Thank you for letting me talk. Oh yeah, yo, appreciate you. Happy strong dad, June, bro. Happy strong dad, June. Strong dad on the check in. Get Cannon in here. Cannon! Yo. Oh, he gotta add himself. He's gotta he gotta hit the um Oh my brother's coming in here to chat with me. I'm loving it. Yeah, there you go. You gotta unmute now. There you go. Over boomer checking while I'm driving. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, what up, Sonny? What's up, brother? How are you? Not much, man. That was a this was a fantastic uh, stream, bro. I'm gonna tell you that much. You know what I mean? But uh, now, harking back to what Russo was talking about, what Strong Dad was talking about, man. You gotta like I told people all the time, like, okay, you feel like the white man got something over you, then work like you at a disadvantage. Stop making up excuses on why you can't get somewhere or why you can't do something. If you feel like that's the case, then, then work harder than the person next to you. That's what I do. I do that all the time in my life, every day, all day long. You know what I mean? And I want I want people to continue to have that attitude, right? But this is the uh, part, the second part, we never get to the second part of the conversation, right? So if you live your life that way, right? And you get to a place where you have attained some kind of success, right? You beat the odds, you you know what I'm saying? You you did everything, you pulled yourself off by your bootstraps. Every one of the talking points is check, right? You did all of it, check, 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 check. Now that you've gotten to that level or that place, if you decide you're going to go back and you're going to remove some of the shit that tricked you up, like that's, that's, that's the second level. So like when right. you in and you found out like, like this thing was in place and it was 
a complete waste of time. It was a complete waste of money. But government said you must do X, Y, Z. It didn't do shit to actually help you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish. It was just something that was put in place because government said so. If you win, right, you do it, you follow the rules, you suck it up, whatever. But when you win, when you get to your position of power, and then you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back and I'm going to make sure this stat is fucking removed. So the next person that comes up is not going to have to waste their time, waste their money, or waste their energy. So when you're looking at it in terms of when, go back to when Donald Trump first came in office. The first mm -hmm. thing Donald Trump did when he came into office was he removed regulatory burden. What is a no. regulatory burden? That's all of the roadblocks, all of the hoops and shit you got to jump through to be able to um, get whatever endeavor you want off of the ground. Now, what is wrong with us saying after we've reached our level of success and come to some uh, a, a place or status that we want to go back and remove the regulations that we saw were stopping a lot of people from following us up? Right. So that to me, it, to me, it's always that that second part of the question as an individual and the way that you operate. Do you want somebody to be like, I don't give a fuck what's in front of me. I'm gonna plow through it. I don't you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you want that attitude. I mean, come on. You see what, how I <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna take on every good life. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I understand that attitude of being like, I don't care what the roadblocks are or how hard it is. I'm going to continue to do it. But once you do it and you get some knowledge, some understanding of how it functions, then I think it is a responsibility for us to go back and try to remove the things that try to hinder us during the process. We don't necessarily just want to um, let those things stay in place because we managed to beat them. And, uh, you know, the next one that comes after us might not be as sharp or may not be as adept, but it doesn't mean they don't don't deserve to be successful. So if we have the ability to remove some of these barriers, I don't see a problem with that either. So you want them to have that individual hungry, go get it spirit. But once you achieve, can you use that same spirit to make the road a little bit easier for the others that come after us? And I think that that's a responsibility we should have. I 100% agree with that. Like, you know, that's what I, I try to do with some of my peers and my friends. Like, um, for example, I got a degree in IT, and I'm, and, you know, um, like for people that don't know, I'm, a, I'm an electronics engineer, you know. But I tell a lot of people as far as IT is concerned, like, yo, I went to school and paid all this money for my degree when I didn't have to do that. Like, look, this is what you need. This is how you do this. This is how you take this shortcut right here. Don't take the long way like I did. Do this, and you'll get there a lot faster than I did. Like, I have no problems and no qualms in doing that. You know, same thing with my dad. He does the same thing with his employees where he uh he tries to show them like yo don't don't go look for your your peddlers like he said you want to sell hot dogs nigga go boil some hot dogs in a pot and go outside and sell them you know what i mean he said you gotta you gotta you gotta go get it you gotta you know there's a faster way to go about it and once you start selling hot dogs then you go worry about getting those licenses and that that, that cart and all that other stuff you know what i mean like i completely agree with you on that you gotta you gotta once you make it, you got to reach back and help everybody else behind you, you know, that wants to be, that wants to be helped uh, reach that same destination. It makes a whole lot of sense. 
Yeah, and that that's another one of the reasons people fell in love with Trump. Because you remember, like when Trump would talk, when when Trump would, and it was like, and they jumped on Trump and was like, "You paid Democrats," and Trump was like, "Yeah, I paid them because that's the only way it should ever get done." You know right. what I'm saying? If I didn't pay them, then I wouldn't be able to get my projects done. But if I could get my projects done without paying them motherfuckers, wouldn't I do it? So if exactly. we're going to go in and we're going to remove the necessity for Greece, for palms to be greased or, you know what I'm saying, the, the regulatory burden that takes it from, you know, you being able to open your storefront in one week to it taking you six months. And you have to have that shit open and be paying for it for six months before you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if we're looking at how many roadblocks, how many burdens are put into place, and we are looking at how to remove those to make it easier for the people that come after us, I think that that falls into a different category than the one that we are continuously you know, kind of assaulted with, like, we don't believe in hard work or we don't believe in achievement or we don't believe in excess as in success. We believe in all of that shit. Like, look at the people we surround ourselves with. We're not surrounding right. ourselves by losers. We're not surrounding ourselves by, by people who are scared to fight or scared to debate. We're not surrounding ourselves with that caliber of people. So when we're thinking about these conversations, we're not, I'm not thinking about these in these conversations in terms of I got to tell Hotep how to be a better man. Or I got to tell Cannon how to have integrity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not thinking about it in terms of that. I'm thinking about Hotep is a man. Cannon has integrity. So if we are all at this place and at this standard, then let's move forward to how we can get everybody else here. We was, talk we was, we, we was talking about that this week as, as far as Dayton was concerned, where we were saying, like, you know, young boys say, you know, he wanted to train his bitch. And I was like, well, what you got to train your bitch on? And and this nigga right. said, I got to train the feminism out of him. And I'm like, why are you even starting there? Like, why why, why would you even, you know, right. put yourself through that? Right. If it ain't in it, then you got him first. <laughs> you said what, Sonny? She'll train him first. What? She She'll will train, train him first. Oh, wow. <laughs> She gonna train his ass first. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that stream. I was like, nah, if it ain't in shorty, and you gotta sit here and teach her how to do this shit, it ain't worth it. I need people to come with, you know, the 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 things I need them to come with before we even start. You know what I mean? All right. That baggage, that baggage, she gotta deal with that baggage first before I start dealing with her. I'm not gonna sit there and deal with it for, you know, like yeah, I completely understand that. But also what like Russo was saying, yo. Yeah, you gotta be, you can't be afraid to get uh you can't be out here afraid to get punched in the mouth either. You know what I mean? It builds character, goddamn. You know what I mean? Not, like it's you know, like I said, like he said, you got these people, they on Twitter, like, oh my god, look at this, look at them, they're fighting, they're jumping as one person. And to me, I'm just looking at it like, yeah, that shit, that shit happened on the daily when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Or have, even in my even in my real life now, you see it. You know what I mean? And it's like, either I'm desensitized to it or it's, it's not as serious as what they're trying to make it out to be. You know what I mean? That's why my response is always, I ain't see nothing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, if I, see, if I see a righteous fight, I ain't see nothing. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I got no commentary. I got no nothing. I ain't see a damn thing. So don't ask yeah. me about it. Don't want, I'm not giving you no details. I don't know what happened. I ain't see shit. And that's just, you know, I seen uh, a righteous fight. And if you see a righteous fight, I'm not against violence. And this is my, like, this is my thing with people. It's so funny. Like, you, you want uh, a non-violent society. And to me, all that means is you want to be easy prey because you don't want a society where people are capable of violence. I want to be surrounded by a whole bunch of motherfuckers that are capable of violence. They don't want violence. They want peace. They want a, a good situation. They want vibes. But if you want to turn the situation into violence, I need a whole bunch of motherfuckers around me that are willing to go there. You know what I'm saying? Because they yeah. believe in peace through strength. So I, I, I like that atmosphere better. And that's what I was talking about before. I'm like, um, and and this is the one thing I, I took away from Jordan Peterson that I thought made sense is where he was like, you you want dangerous men that are disciplined. You want dangerous men that are disciplined. That that like you said they, and and I said it on H Day thing where it's like my mom taught me to be compassionate, right? My mother taught me to be empathetic. My mother taught me how to respect people, but my father taught me how to be dangerous. My father taught me how to, you know, how to move in a room full of thieves. You know what I mean? He taught me how to be that savage if I gotta be. You know what I mean? And that's how men really should be. You should have a men. Men shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, I'm not gonna say nonviolent, nonviolent, because you you want to try to avoid situations if if you can, but you can't be afraid that you can't be afraid to to, to throw a punch. You can't. You can't shy away from every fight. You gotta be. You gotta be. You gotta want to set the example and then get back to you know, you know, uh, uh, vibing out. You know, so yeah, you gotta be dangerous but disciplined in this world because we're in a violent world. I say it all the time. That's why you see me always posting like uh, or or uh, promoting you know firearms ownership. Like yo, we're in a we're in a dangerous world, bro. It's, like, a, it's, and, it's a good thing we we uh we on Rumble because we was on YouTube. I'd had to give y'all niggas side quests for all this talk. <laughs> <laughs> we do not condone violence on this channel. <laughs> we try to de-escalate oh, all situations and events. <laughs> oh, you want to de-escalate, but like I live here in Baltimore City, and it's hard to de-escalate a lot of times. You try, you try, you try, but the kid. These people out here, they want that smoke, bro. And then you, you sometimes you gotta show them you shouldn't have asked for this smoke. And then after that, you you uh you keep on going about your business. You gotta be prepared. You gotta be prepared to defend yourself. What at they, all what times. they, what they say they now? Keep your head on the swivel. Yeah. Keep your head on the swivel, bro. Stay frosty. Gotta stay, stay frosty woke. out here. <laughs> hey, just, yeah, we need to take that back. Stay woke, goddammit. Troublemaker Jonah said DEI in Latin is God. The state is labeling themselves the God that will bring diversity, equity, and liability. They will bring the panels. Education is also rearing animals in Latin. He continues and says inclusivity, not liability. Should have actually looked at autocorrect before selecting the first option <laughs> based on the strong guys <laughs> for a study. I've been sharing a clip from my boy NY Patriot 1978 from the Occult Rejects. I could put him in touch. Shout out to Jonah Ryan. But yeah, like a lot of them people that talk like that, they ain't never been locked out the house, Sonny, and forced to fight their bully. Mm. 
right? Right? Yo, my mom, to, my mom used to have this job, right? Where she, because me and my sister would fight all the time. And she would be like, if you could fight your sister, don't let me hear it was some little girl out in the street that you won't, that you won't throw them hands with, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, you get your first bully and shit. I got into my first fight ever because I was more afraid to go home and tell my mom that I didn't fight. Like yep. that's that's when I got into my first like out outside of your family fight. You know, you 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 have a lot of inner family fights with cousins and shit. But that was like the first time I had my my outside of the family fight. And the whole reason that I fought, because I tell you one thing, I was like, I would rather lose to this bitch than have to go home and get my ass beat by my mama. Right. So mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way we was raised. You was you was put out, and you you were forced to fight. You were forced to handle yourself, and yep. to make people understand that you would, you know. And that's how we was raised. So, like looking at a lot of the responses today, and this like this is why you have a society that you have today, right? Because mm. you have all of these people that have never been punched in the mouth. Like, yep. they have never been truly punched in the fucking mouth. Because if they had, they would watch what they said. They would exactly. watch how they act because they, they would understand. They don't want that anymore. They won't, they don't want another uh, uh, loose tooth. Or they don't want another eye that doesn't go down or doesn't set quite right after it's been swollen. Or mm -hmm. knows that it's permanently out of place unless you plan on getting surgery. Like, they don't understand the consequences. Or if somebody pull out a razor or something like that and go slashing at your... Like, they don't understand the consequences of you not being able to pick the outcome of the situation. They right. always think yeah. that I can do what I want. I can say this, I can act this way and no, and nothing's going to happen to me. And I think for they, don't, us, they don't, yeah, the real world consequences ain't hit them. Yeah, it ain't hit them. And I think us, we get them real world consequences in our youth when we're young. Yeah. So again, we come we come to look at um we come to spot them a little bit faster. So it goes back to that other conversation me and Hotel was having. It was like because we came up the way that we came up, we had to learn some fucked up lessons. But those yeah. lessons that we learned the hard way is what makes us competent in search in situations today. So that kind of all circles into that. Yeah, because like you said, like can't, I ain't always been tough, goddammit. <laughs> I remember my first fight. I was hauling ass home, boy. I ain't want to fight. I got to that door. My mother said, oh, hell no. She locked that shit on me. She said, you going to fight him? I'm going to fuck you up when you get in here. Yep. And I, I had to fight my bully, and I whooped his ass. And after I, felt, after I found out that a punch in the face ain't feel that bad, it was, you know, it was, it was all, all sunshine and rainbows after that. I wasn't scared. And nobody, no more. Everybody could get it. You know, but also made, it. It and then that, that fight also made you not want to fight your siblings as much because yeah. you start to realize like what you're doing to your siblings when you act that way, when you carry yourself that way, when you start with them. So it, it while it was like, it, it was good thing to make you want to stand up and fight and defend yourself. At the same time, it makes you realize and understand 
that you don't want to be the person that is inflicting that kind of energy to your siblings. You want to be the one that would defend them from that energy. So I think that that situation too went a long way to making me like look at my little sister not as like a punching bag, but making sure nobody put their hands on her, you know, period. And it just so happens when we got older, she would outweigh me by like a hundred pounds. So everybody was scared of her and not me. So it was a good thing that I changed the way I handled her when I was still able to beat her up. So, meanwhile, my sister, she was the one. I'm in, I'm in high school. She hear my name come out somebody's mouth, and she ready. She's like, anybody, anybody say my brother's name, they got to deal with me. <laughs> I'm the yeah. oldest, and I'm sitting there looking at her like, yo, I, I got it. Yo, nah, that's gonna be talking about you like that. <laughs> Definitely my that that's definitely my younger sister. Yo, I swear, <laughs> she she like my bulldog, like guardian, you know what I'm saying? And I think, like I said, always comes back to that moment where I decided that I wanted to be her protector and not the one that caused her trauma. And from that, she was able to love and defend me in a different way. So it's all about, like I said, these little lessons you learn the hard way. We might've had to go through some fucked up shit to get these lessons, but those are the things that make us the good people we are today. And I'm blessed to be in the presence of all the fellow Hoteps when it comes to this. And and just to be adjacent has been a real godsend. I'm really blessed to be surrounded by men like y'all. And one more thing before I get out of here, it also helps. It also helps when you're when you're picking your friends and you're picking your circle. You yep. know what I mean? You know, because you know, going through those those trials and those tribulations and those truths, it lets you know who on your side for real and who the people got your back when that fights actually come to your door. You know what I mean? So salute to everybody, salute to the hoteps, hotep and build. I'm about to get off for the day and I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go do something. Ah <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yo. All right. Yo. All right. Sonny, y'all appreciate you coming to hang out with me at the Griff Report. Oh, always, you know, anytime for you. Um, I think Taylor made it easy. I think this is my my Rumble debut. I think this is my first time being on here. For real? Yeah. Oh shit! Welcome to Rumble. <laughs> Motherfucker. I know it's my first time being on the exclusive Rumble. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is my first rumble. I think this is my my entry point here. Oh, that's what's up. That's what's up, man. Yeah, you know I mean, we boycotting YouTube. We ain't fucking with them. We on we on Rumble now. I might send YouTube some clips. That's about it. Um, but um, I think Taylor, it was a really good idea for him to have the people that are gonna be a Hotepcon on the channel, so he can get used to the voices. You guys know what to expect when you buy these tickets. And you get to ask these people questions to give you time to, you know, when you meet them, you know, you can ask them questions when you see them, you know. Last year, um, Sonny had a whole university over by the pool, you know what I mean? It looked like uh, Socrates and his students was in the corner, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, they caught me before I start drinking. So if you want, if you have serious concerns, you have serious issues, catch me in sobriety. Do not come to me when you see the shot glass in my hand, trying to talk to me about politics, all right? Because, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we guys time to talk about video games. 
<laughs> and it's a time for fellowship. When I got a shot glass in my hand, it's time for fellowship. Don't come to me talk about no Joe Biden. <laughs> Yo, same for me. I, I need a I need a rule like that. Word up. You see me drinking and shit. Don't ask me about no motherfucking politics, motherfucker. Nope, it's fellowship time. Either you come in, you come in to be, you know what I'm saying, in, in chill mode and laughing and joking and, and, and that kind of space. Yeah. Yeah, make sure that's your energy. But also, like I said, we have plenty of time uh, also where we can engage in the sobriety field for people to be able to have those conversations. And I look forward to it. It was real dope, like really being able, when you go to a lot of the other conferences, you don't feel attached to the people that are there. And that's one of the things I love so much about HotepCon is that like we actually fellowship. We're like around each other and all of us are engaging and everybody has access to us. And I think um that was that was just fucking lovely. It was just lovely. And of course the sausage and ahern off the fucking chain. I just gotta repeat that and throw that out there again. <laughs> Real talk. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been another episode of the Griff Report. We're gonna have Sonny Johnson back on the Griff Report at least one more time before um before HotepCon. But HotepCon's gonna creep up on us quick, man. It's about to be July next month soon. So it's gonna creep up on us real fast. Make sure y'all hit the subscribe button over here on Rumble. We ain't fucking with YouTube no more. So switch your subscription over here to Rumble. And we'll take care of y'all. You dig me? Don't forget to get your Master Focus subscription. That link is in the description box below. That's half off for all my Rumblers. 30% off plus 20% off. You know what I'm saying? It's for all my rumblers. Let's make sure y'all get that locked in. I'm Hotep Jesus. I want y'all to have a great, great fucking weekend. Spend some time with your motherfucking family. Tune in to Sonny Johnson tomorrow. What is it? Is it 2? 1 p.m. Eastern, Sirius XM Channel 125. 1 p.m. Sundays it comes on at 2 or 3. It's the Sunday. Yeah. Sunday is the they, difference. They schedule. have rotating times on Sundays. So. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure y'all y'all listen to her uh, series exam. Fucking great fucking programming. Um, yeah, and I'll see y'all next time, man. Hotep and Bill. <laughs>